Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. The viral song Richmond, North of Richmond by Oliver Anthony has taken the music and political world by storm. And it's because it is the cry of the working class. Welcome back to Counterthought. That's right. Welcome back. I say that not only just for you, but also for me. It has been three months since I was on any kind of regular schedule producing episodes, you know, the weekly episodes. And I got to admit, I missed I missed this. I missed every single one of you. And I thank you again for your support. But life just got a little bit hectic for me. Um, not hectic in a bad sense or anything, just, just some change. Um, we moved. There were school changes. There were just schedule changes. And now that school has begun here in Florida, I feel like I finally have a way to produce, continue to produce as I was before, a weekly episode for all of us or for you to enjoy. Um, so yeah, this is just a, a welcome back, a welcome back episode. But we are diving into Richmond in Richmond. If you haven't heard the song already, you need to go check it out. It is by Oliver Anthony. It went viral this past weekend. He released it, I believe, within the past week, and then he performed it at a fair in Virginia. He's from Farmville, Virginia, and it has gone viral. Not only has this song gone viral Richmond in Richmond, but two or three of his other songs are also appearing on the Apple Music charts. He has gone so viral not only just because of the number of views, but also because of his sound, his voice, that John Rich has offered to produce an album for him. I don't think he's taken, I don't think Oliver Anthony has maybe responded to John Rich yet, at least not at the time of this recording, but it'll be interesting to see if um, he does respond. But this song, Richmond in Richmond, again, if you have not seen it, have not listened to it, you need to do it. It sounds good, so it's not like one of these viral songs of, you know, Gangnam Style or something like that, where it's just overly produced technical music. No. This is good sound country music. This sound that he has reminds a lot of people of Chris Stapleton. Oliver Anthony, the singer, says that Hank Williams Jr. was one of his um, idols or inspirations when it came to to country music, to singing and everything. And this song came about for him in his own words because he was just down. He was down. He was down on himself. He was drinking. He was abusing things that used to care that he used to care about. He did not care about anymore. And basically, he hit rock bottom and decided he wanted to put what he felt into words and started writing songs and most notably this song, Richmond in Richmond. And if you're not aware of who these Richmond are, he's talking about the Richmond North of Richmond. 
being basically the the elite within Washington, D.C., both sides of the aisle, everyone there, lobbyists, congressmen, you know, that are not doing what needs to be done as lawmakers and as advocates for us, the American people, especially the working class. And this rings true for me. I am working class, middle class. And if you right now in America, if your household income sits somewhere between fifty, seventy-five thousand dollars and about two hundred fifty thousand dollars, you know, that varies a little bit based on where you live, right? You just feel like you are only able to get by. And maybe if you're at the top tier of of that range, you could actually be putting and fully contributing to your retirement, fully contributing and setting aside money for your children to go to college, being able to pay for your kids to go to daycare, to preschool, send them to private school if you would like, you know, get a new car if you need it. I know this sounds like all some tangible things, actually be able to set aside the right amount of money for retirement, get the right kind of insurance. You need life insurance and pay for those premiums. Um, care for your parents if they are elderly and, and all of these other expenses. And so you're not living paycheck to paycheck or, or, you know, a thousand or a couple thousand dollar expense from losing your emergency fund. That range, $50,000, household income up to about $200,000, $250,000 across America, you are the middle class, which seems outrageous, right? Because when I was growing up back in the nineties, if your parents made six figures, that was the goal. The goal everyone seemed like they had when it came to their career was, oh man, once I make six figures, I am golden. Make six figures, I got the house, you know, have the car, we got the savings accounts going, we have enough money to set aside for the kids' school, kids won't have to take out loans for college, it'll be paid for, you know, we can take one or two family vacations per year and maybe one international trip every uh, two, three, four, five years. You know, that was the goal. $100,000 used to go a lot further 20, 30 years ago. But it doesn't now. It doesn't. We are dealing with things like rent being ridiculously too high. We are dealing with inflation for all of the other products, for gas being too high, for food being too high. You know, all of these necessities are too high. The latest numbers coming out, I know the Biden administration is saying like, oh, hey, we're reducing inflation. And Yes, it's come down, but again, this is inflation on top of inflation. So back in the end of 2021 and through 2022, when we were at 6%, 7%, teetering around 8% or peaking around 8%, and now we're about at 3%, 4%, you know, this is just stacked on top of it. So we are still above their goal of 2% inflation. That's what the Federal Reserve has said they want to aim for, 2% inflation year over year over year. But everything is more expensive. $100,000 does not get you anything. Like I mentioned, we we just moved. Um, we moved actually farther out from where we were. We were closer to the center of Orlando, but now we are farther out. We're still in the same same county, Orange County, but we moved farther out. So you would think, you know, potentially less expensive rent. No, no. <laughs> In the short amount of time, a year to two years from the time we signed our most recent lease prior to moving to now, our rent has increased about 40%. 40%. 
So this money that we were able to kind of stash away has instantly vanished. Instantly vanished. You know, and the topic of rent and home ownership is would have to be a whole nother episode. So I'm not going to go down down that path. But rent is just expensive. Rent is ridiculously expensive across the country, especially here in Florida where so many people are trying to move, right? Supply and demand. So I understand why it is high. I have some thoughts about how we could help bring it down. You know, capitalism is not perfect. We tout capitalism as this wonderful thing here in America because we are a capitalist country, you know, like the first of its kind in our in our short uh, lifespan as a country, 250 years. But capitalism isn't, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. Capitalism depends on the individual, the business owners, the investors. Capitalism is a great system as long as those who are operating within the system have like good intentions, a good heart, a good conscience. But if you're just out there to make a dollar and you don't care about your fellow man, then capitalism isn't that great. And what we have seen is we have seen things spiral out of control. Again, $100,000 is not what it used to be. Go back even further. Go back further than those 20 to 30 years when I was talking about for the $200,000 household income. Go back to when my parents were growing up. So we're going back now to the to the 60s. Households, vast majority of them, was husband worked and he was paid enough money to provide for the entire family. You didn't have husband working and the wife also working. You didn't have that. You had the wife at home, the children at home, you know, with their mom, going to school and doing all these things. She was the homemaker. And the husband was paid enough at his job to be able to provide for the entire family. That is not the case now. The system has been designed, and this gets back to Richmond, north of Richmond. This gets back to them because society, private corporations, the government is now designed to have both the mother and the father working just to be able to survive. Just to be able to survive. Me, I make an above average salary. My wife makes an above average salary. Combined, we are in like the upper half of the middle class, but we still feel like we are only able to just get by. The American dream that was sold to my parents and sold to me growing up from my parents because they were able to experience it when they were kids has gone. When I was a kid, when I was a baby, when I was a toddler, my dad worked. My mom didn't work. So in just one generation's time, that has vanished, that has disappeared. And now both have to work. And then the trickle-down effect begins, right? Both parents work. Or if you are not married, you know, you're definitely working to provide for your children. So then your kids are in school. And then you are have less uh, oversight over your kids. You don't know what they're you know what they're learning, but you don't hear everything that was said. And again, this was revealed within during the pandemic, the first year, the first year of the pandemic, when all the kids had to do at home learning and everything else like that. So 
you lose control, you become dependent. You become dependent on who? Large corporations and the government. And once it's human nature, once you become dependent upon something, it's much harder and you are not as willing to, to lose it. Not as willing to lose it. One of the um, one of the verses in Richmond, north of Richmond, says as such. He starts off in the song, Oliver Anthony. I've been selling my soul, working all day, overtime hours for bullshit pay. So I can sit out here and waste my life away, drag back home and drown my troubles away. Then later in the song, he says, and they don't think, you know, talking about, you know, Washington, D.C., the, the elites that are in charge, the lawmakers, the lobbyists. He says, and they don't think, you know, but I know that you do because your dollar ain't shit and it's taxed to no end because of Richmond, north of Richmond. I wish politicians would look out for miners and not just miners on an island somewhere. Lord, we got folks in the street, ain't got nothing to eat, and the obese milk and welfare. Well, God, if you're five foot three and you're 300 pounds, taxes ought not to pay for your bag of fudge rounds. Young men are putting themselves six feet in the ground because all this damn country does is keep on kicking them down. Hits on a few things. Hits on welfare. The welfare state. Out of control in this country. Doesn't make sense. We're seeing people being prioritized over others who need help. We're seeing countries being prioritized over others here in America, Americans that need help. You know, I know it's not always direct one-to-one, but we're seeing hundreds of billions of dollars being sent to Ukraine for um, strategic relations. But that same money, if it was applied here to America, in America, would help homelessness, mental health, mental health that fuels homelessness, mental health that is contributing to the depression and suicide rates with the youngest generation, uh, Gen Z. You know, there is a lot that can be done here at home. And then if you focus too much on wanting to just take care of America first and less about, you know, the rest of the world, if you want to be a, a nationalist, as they're, as they're called, and focus on America, then you are labeled as someone or something wanting something bad, that you are prejudiced, that you are um, bigoted against other countries, that you, you know, shame on you for putting wanting to put Americans first. He hits on welfare. He hits on mental health. He hits on the homelessness. He hits on taxes. You know how many times your dollar is taxed? If you have, you know, if you have a job, you get a paycheck, taxed in your paycheck. You go out and spend that dollar for food, taxed on food. You invest some of your money. Your money is then taxed when you realize your gains for an investment. Your money is taxed, you know, if you sell a stock based on how long you hold it, you get either, you know, short-term or long-term capital gains taxed on that money. If you put money away pre-tax for like your 401k or 403b or IRA, it will be taxed when it comes out. 
after its growth, again, capital uh, capital gains. If you put your money in after you know it's taxed from your paycheck, then it won't be taxed later on with you withdraw it. If you have money saved up to pass on to your children or to your grandchildren when you pass away, you have to go through this ridiculous network of um, trusts and everything else just to set it up, which costs money, which costs money to be able to shelter the money so that it is not taxed at some 30 to 40% death tax rate. Your money, when you die, is also taxed. Now, there's millions upon millions of videos trying to tell you how to get around that with sending up an LLC and using a trust and all this kind of things, but all of that takes money. It takes money to be able to hold on to your money. Trump famously said when he was running in 2016, he's like, yeah, me not paying taxes or paying a minimal amount of taxes makes me smart. He said to Hillary Clinton, I know that your donors and your friends and you yourself also use these same mechanisms. Otherwise, if you didn't, you would change the laws. But because I use it, you use it. I'm just the only one willing to say it. You know, it takes money to be able to afford the the accountants that can figure all this out for you. Your money is taxed to no end. I personally think we should have a flat tax rate. Welfare state is is too large. It definitely needs to be to be audited. But again, going back to what this song is about, this Richmond north of Richmond, it is not as some or as many on the left side of the aisle, the the political pundits are trying to say, oh, it's this conservative ultra MAGA you know, anthem. No, as Oliver Anthony, the the songwriter said, the singer, it is about the working class, the middle class, those of us who feel like we are just spinning, getting no traction, we're not moving forward. When my wife and I got married nine years ago, our incomes were about half of what we make now. However, in nine years time, we are still dealing with the same things we were dealing with when we first got married. You know, trying to set aside enough money for the emergencies fund, which is supposed to be three to six months of three to six months of income. Trying to put enough money into investments to look uh, forward for our retirement. Trying to save up for the down payment on the home. You know, so in nine years' time, our income has basically doubled. Yet we are still in the same spot. Still in the same spot. Oliver Anthony, Richmond, north of Richmond, also says, like, and I guess one of the interviews following up on this viral sensation says, as long as you can keep your head above the dirt, keep yourself above the dirt, you have a fighting chance. Now, for those of you that are going to see this video, I'm going to come at me like, oh, well, we all have an equal opportunity to go make our money. Like, you can go out and get another job or get multiple jobs, find a hustle, find a way to turn this YouTube channel, monetize it. And everything like there are ways don't make your situation and, and put it on project it onto everyone else you know you are in control and yeah i agree with that to an extent but i don't think it needs to be this hard it shouldn't be this difficult to get by again the system has been set up so that now a husband and wife have to work to provide for the kids your kids have roughly 30 to 45 minutes true interaction time with the parents each day. If you take out the time in the morning to get ready for school, 
and then take out um, bath time, bedtime routine, and dinner time. By the time the kids get home, after you get off your get off work about five o'clock, pick them up, get home by about five thirty, dinner on the table by about six thirty, and you're getting into the whole bedtime routine to get them in bed by eight o'clock, eight thirty, nine o'clock. Thirty to forty-five minutes of actual dedicated time is available to you as a parent with your child each day. That's only three and a half hours a week. That is half of one day that they spend at daycare, preschool, elementary school, you know, middle school, all the way through their K-12 education. One to two generations ago, 25, 30, 50, 60 years ago, that was not the case. The system has been set up in order to keep us working, we the adults, we the parents, and keep our children within the system that the government has set up through public schools, through through all of that. We've heard it said before by congressmen and uh, governors and and other representatives, senators that I believe it was during Glenn Youngkin's race in, for governor in Virginia. Um, the incumbent governor, I think he was an incumbent, but he said like, we, we as in the state, the state of Virginia, are in control of your kids. Like they are not your kids when you give them to us at school. You don't need to worry about or know about everything that is going on in this school. And that turned the tables in that election and Glenn Youngkin won that election. It was a, it was this shift because of the exposure of what is actually going on again during the pandemic was revealed to us during the pandemic, what is going on in these public schools. And to hear as an adult, as the parent that, you know, those in the school board system, the administrative agencies and everything within, within school boards, the department of education for each state, the local school boards at your County level in your school districts at even a finer level that they think that you as the parent, once you drop your kids off at school, that you, shouldn't have any say and we've seen this grow to the point of now where when it gets into like the transgender issue that if if your child reveals to school nurse a, a teacher at the school that you know they want to identify as something else the school does not have to tell you the parent and if you are told and you are you know saying like no child you are you're a girl, you're not a boy, or you're a boy, you're not a girl, then some states, I believe California is trying to pass this, and maybe others already have, the state can then remove your child from you, from your house, and put them into the system. Isn't that messed up? That is messed up. There's so much going on that is wrong within our country. And the reason this song, Richmond, North of Richmond, has gone viral is, again, it is the, the cry of the working middle class in this country. Those of us who are in the working middle class are trying to do what we can, what we were told to do, the American dream, trying to capture that American dream 
and not just keep spinning our wheels and staying put while everything around us is working against us. This song is not some right-wing song. Oliver Anthony himself said he politically is down the middle. He is a working-class man. I believe he was once a miner. You know, actual mines, coal mines, based on based on where he lives. That this is not a political song for one side or the other, that he is down the center. It is a song because it represents himself and so many of us, millions upon millions of us who are stuck in this middle working class and can't seem to get out of it. $100,000 is not the goal anymore. That is not the goal. That is easily attainable. But the value of the dollar has diminished and the systems within our country have been set up so that we now have to get to the two hundred to the $300,000 range to be able, if we want to, to have a spouse stay at home, to put your kids you know, in a private school, especially if your kids, if your state does not have school choice. This is what we're up against, and this is why this song has gone viral. So don't let people tell you that this is some political song for the right, just because the right, a lot of people on the right agree with it. The working class is made up of all political stripes. And again, this song captures the struggle that we feel. Those of us who are at the upper end of this range of the middle class, maybe not as much of a struggle. Those who are at the lower end, definitely a struggle. But we are all working together. We all need to be working together to change the way the system works so that we can capture this American dream and make sure that those who are creating laws, those that we are voting on to represent us and putting in Washington to create laws, that they are creating laws that are going to benefit the country and not overlook those who need help the most. There is a massive trickle-down effect when it comes to mental health. There's a massive trickle-down effect when it comes to low wages. There's a massive trickle-down effect when it comes to the cost of goods that we ourselves need to survive in this country. And the song Richmond, North of Richmond, captures that. So I hope, I hope Oliver Anthony takes up John Rich or somebody to produce an album. The song is fantastic. Not only the lyrics, but especially the actual sound of the song itself. You can hear it in his voice, the passion with what he is singing about. And I hope this isn't the last of that we hear from Oliver Anthony. I hope this isn't just a 48 hour news cycle with the popularity of this song. And I hope for you and me and all of us Americans that we will actually start wanting to improve our country and holding those accountable that do have the power in Washington to put forth policies and remove regulations and create laws and that will actually make it easier for those of us in the middle class to get out of the middle class. Or if we stay in the middle class to be able to have what the middle class once had 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years ago. Thank you for listening to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. Remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on YouTube and engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought. 
at CounterThoughtCEO or on Facebook at CounterThoughtPodcast.